recording? Yes. Oh, yeah, I am. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to the Oversharing Show. Uh, I was thrown off because I turned off that silly voice that says recording. So I forgot I turned that off. Anyway, welcome back to the... Oh, you're going to say something, Sharon? I was going to say I, I almost noticed, but then I didn't. <laughs> yeah, that's why I thought maybe I didn't hit the button. I just hit right click next to it or something. That's why. Anyway, uh, welcome to the Oversharing Show, everybody. The best darn show on the internet with the best... Um, uh, what was the word we're using again? Over Followers, the, the best uh, fans, listeners, <laughs> viewers. There we go. Anyway, we have a guest today. But before we get into that, I'm going to read a quote and then we're going to pull a card and we're going to talk about that. So today's quote is a man's mind stretched by a new idea can never go back to its original dimensions. And that's by Oliver Wendell Holmes. Wow, I like uh, that. Yeah, now I ask a question while you pull a card. Did you get that from the video that you shared with me of all the quotes? I had yeah, a I feeling. Did. That was a really that I love quotes anyway. And um, I think it was Michael Tessarion when he was doing his show, or he still does it. They they always start with a quote, and I thought that was such a great idea. So um when I did my tarot show with Ashley, when we still do that, we pull a quote also, or we, you know, we'll say a quote. I really like it to I kind of set the mood. I remember that from your show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ooh, look at this. Pull the card. It's justice. I got to cover this light so you can see That's it. my card. Yeah. Number 11. So um, 11 is like two ones. So you think of the one, it's the magician. It's about... Um, creating your own reality like that's really what magic is about it's that you're the creator it's kind of like an allegory that kind of magic anyway and then you put two together not to create the two not the next step with a feminine but this is more like two in alignment and then that, i think that's how you get true justice um because it's like a scale like the two pillars that you see here really and then and obviously the scale but justice represents a ton of different things, but I like it in 11 because it comes right after uh, number 10, which is a wheel of fortune, which is kind of like you go through the first 10 uh, of the major arcana, if you're using it as like a guide. And then 10 is when you kind of just let go of your attachment to your results and whatever happens, happens, and you're just okay with it. You just do your best. And then you get to the next, uh, when you can master that, you get to justice, which means you see the fairness in it all, even though it might not seem fair. It's just like, this is the way the realm works. Some things are going to happen and uh, you just got to detach from it. So that's what I see. Um, what do you think, Sharon? Well, it's my card because I think it's one of my numbers. I don't remember if it's like my soul urge or my life path. I think it's something like that. I think it might be my soul urge. My life path number, I think, is nine. But yeah, yeah you're a nine eleven. I'm a nine eleven. What and a disaster! A a Sorry. And an, and an eight and a one. Um, so what was I going to say? But I'm a Libra as well, so it lines up with me because of the whole justice in the Libra stuff. So um, I just feel like it resonates with me a lot. That card. Yeah, totally. And I feel uh, my ascendant. I just. Uh, re-remembered again is uh, Libra so we have that That's connection right I forgot about that yeah. which we talked about a couple weeks ago with mm -hmm. Ashley so if you haven't seen that show go about go back and check it out but Good enough of that stuff we have a guest ago. so Sharon why don't you introduce our guest 
This is Scott, and I met him through the Bertaria Times app. Well, not quite through the Bertaria Times app, but through uh, the singles group that we're in. And I shamelessly plugged over Sharon, and he saw my post, and he's like, let's do a show. <laughs> there you go. That's true. So, it's awesome. Yeah. So that's how I met him. And um, so I watched, I got to watch one of your shows with uh, Jim Bob. And I, I really enjoyed listening to that one. It was really nice. And uh, there was some topics in there that, uh, especially the sacred cows topic, which we're going to talk about, but that was like, I want to talk about that on our show. So, um, so yeah, that's how I met Scott and um, we wanted to get him to give a little bit of background um, how he either found Owen or how he found the Bertaria Times app and, and that background. And then a little bit about how he started podcasting as well. Awesome. Well, first of all, thank you guys so much for having me. Like, it's so cool. I know we've all kind of been interacting in the chats and everything. And, and I guess it's even worth mentioning because my audience probably, <clears throat> I do talk about crushing on the show a lot. I do talk about, uh, you know, certain aspects, but I, I don't really bring it up too much you know i'm always all over the place with different various topics but uh just to let everybody know like there's this amazing app a social media app called the bertaria times app i think maybe i've mentioned it but you guys you got to get on it it's like 15 15 bucks a year but then it's just like this wholesome place where you can just see other people's life journey and you can see like it's all about like gardening and building a business and it's just all about crushing man it's all about crushing so highly highly recommend it um brought to you by the very controversial figure, Owen Benjamin, you know what I mean? Like he's, he's just a, a legend and we can get into all that. But if you, if you guys don't know, now you know. So yeah. So uh, for me, let's see my, I have a, a, one of my exes, her name's well, her it's Miss QA bear, Miss QA bear. Um, she's a uh, super cool man. Like we were able to stay friends afterward. Like he's just one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. Uh, when we were dating, this would have been like probably end of 2020 maybe 2021 she was telling me about Owen Benjamin and the bears and all this stuff. And I was, I was like, mm, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. About, I don't know about all that. And so I didn't uh, quite take the plunge yet, but uh, she'd opened my mind to it at least. And then I don't know what, Oh, you know, God, I don't even know. It was probably around the time he went on tinfoil hat with Sam Tripoli, like last year, like not the most recent one. Um, but, but he went on and I was like, okay, he's saying some cool stuff. Like, let me check it out. And so I listened to some of his streams at that point. And then I was like hooked. I was like, oh, okay, this is what I've been missing like this. Okay. Now this all makes sense. So I'm relatively new to the community, the bear community, you know what I mean? But, uh, right away, it just, his, his message and what he talked about just really, really resonated with me. And I just kind of just went all in, you know? So, so yeah, that's, that's pretty much my, my bear story. And the people that I've met on there, like just so far has just been, so monumental and then i come to find out that a couple of friends that i already knew like out in oregon uh like one of my buddies that was helping me with a project like we ran into each other on the bear taria times i was like oh you're a bear oh that's so cool so that now it's just like brings us to a whole nother level of camaraderie at that point so um that's kind of my journey and uh just been a daily listener for about eight months now and just uh i can't get enough of you guys so awesome <laughs> that's great yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Well, since we're um, doing a show where it's yes. going to be placed on both platforms, so uh, Rebunked is going to post this mm -hmm. on, on the Rebunked podcast, and we're going to post it on Oprah Sharon. 
So Brandon's also going to talk about how he, uh, I guess, how he found the bears and how he got started podcasting. Again. Yeah. So uh, I used to listen to this guy, Dave Smith, and Owen brings him up a lot. And I was a really big fan. And I was really into the anarcho capitalists and all that stuff. Um, and I was like, hardcore into this stuff. But I was also looking into spirituality on one side too, like Buddhism and meditation and all this stuff. And it led me to this crazy place in the middle. But while I was listening to Dave Smith, he had Owen Benjamin on a couple times. And I really thought he was hilarious. I mean, I've been a fan of stand up comedy since I can remember. I mean, I used to watch it probably in the late 80s, you know, like maybe even the mid 80s, my parents would have like videotapes of like Bill Cosby and you know, all these people. So I was just always a huge fan. And then um, I actually got into doing stand up comedy myself in 2013. And that's how I came across Dave Smith, because he was in my radar in the kind of in the loosely in the group, not the group I was in, but our group was a little adjacent. They were a little ahead of us because they had Legion of Skanks and it was just starting to blow up. That was a podcast he was on with mm -hmm. Big J Overson. And uh, what was the other guy's name? Um, uh, forgive me. I can't remember mm -hmm. now. But anyway, so uh, I started to listen to his show and I was really hooked. And then, like I said, I found Owen and then Every time something happened in Owen's life, he would kind of check in. And then once he got kicked out of Hollywood and started live streaming, I'd watch him on YouTube. And I thought it was like the funniest thing. Like he was just so hilarious the way he was going after stuff. But I wasn't quite a daily listener. I was just I just check in from time to time. And then um, I was kind of off doing my own thing, looking into all the stuff that I'm into now. So that would take up a lot of time. And so I wouldn't really have time to watch other stuff. But anytime I needed to laugh, I'd always go seek out Owen Benjamin. Like, you know what? It's been like a month or two. I'm like, I need some good laughs. What's Owen up to? What's Owen up to? And I would check in and hang out. And then um, I would say right after 2020, when all this crazy stuff started happening uh, in the world, I started tuning it to him. And he what he was saying was the best message that I heard from anybody, because there's a lot of truth stuff going on out there, but a lot of it was fear porn. Mm -hmm. And I, at first I kind of got tripped up in the fear porn a little bit, but that's not really me. I'm not really a fear guy. I'm more of like a laughing at everything kind of guy. And I was also, you know, there's a lot of rage involved too, because I'm like, what is wrong with everybody? But so I really connected with that. And uh, I got on Beartaria times on the app, probably in early 2021. And I've just made so many good connections. I went to the new England bear meetup in like uh, April of 2021, met so many cool people. There's like almost a hundred people there. Wow. Um, and then I met Sharon on there and I also recorded a couple episodes with different bears, but Sharon was into a lot of the same kind of stuff I was in. Just, it felt like she was a couple years behind me and what she was uncovering. So I'm like, Oh, this is great. You're interested in all the same stuff. So we used to have all these great conversations. And then I'm like, everything about doing a show, you know, like everything about recording. Um, and I've been recording podcasts since about 2014 because I was doing comedy at the time and a comedian and myself started recording. And then there was another comedian that was kind of running the club that had been around. He was a closer, like a headliner. And he wanted a show, but he didn't have any equipment. So it's it was great. I was like the kid with the football, you know, so like they had to invite me. But because of that, you know, I learned how to edit and I learned how to do all this stuff. I became valuable. And then we would just get on all these podcasts and have a good time. So I got really comfortable with just talking into a microphone and like doing different ideas. 
And so I've been doing it on and off since about 2014, but with this has been really cool. It's been very consistent, which is awesome. And it's great when you have somebody else that you're doing the show with, because then you can bounce ideas off each other. It's like the yin and the yang, you know, she makes up for the areas that I stink in. And then I make up for the areas that she's not aware of, you know, stuff like that. So it's a really cool, really cool balance. I noticed that you didn't say the stuff that she stinks in. (laughs) No, I didn't. (laughs) No stinking. No, No, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So I'll just share a little bit about how I found um, the bears since I, I don't know that I've ever shared that on the show, but um, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think we've talked about this. So this is good. (laughs) Um, So about late 2019, I was listening to Rob Skiba and Zen Garcia because they were doing a, a, going through Genesis, the book of Genesis, and they were reading it together for like every week they would read through it and comment just the commentary. And I was really interested in their commentary about it all. So, um, I was mostly watching through Zen Garcia's channel at some point, And I met this lady, um, her name's Karen and she's a bear, but anyway, long story short, uh, at some point she and I, uh, realized through the live chat, which is very interesting that she lived in Arizona. And so did I. So at some point I was like, well, we, are you in Phoenix? You know, we have to meet, we should meet. I mean, we're like same YouTube channel and like, we're in the same city, like, hello. Um, and I just, it's funny. Cause I thought to myself, what a total crazy thing would it be if she lived like down the street, like, you know, in the same village as me. Well, one day I told her, Hey, get on the discord. Um, so we can exchange information. Cause I didn't want to do that through YouTube. So she created discord and we started chatting and she gave me her number. So I called her, we were chatting. I was like, okay, so where do you live? She's like, I'm in Awatuki. And I'm like, shut up. So found out we live like 10 minutes from each other. Nice. It's crazy. So, um, so anyway, we, I started a little group chat between people that I had met who were kind of on the same path. And I felt like they were resonating with the things I was searching and things that they were searching. So it became Adam who we've had on the show a few times. He's been on episode three, 3.3. And at some point after the, around the Sedona trip, he was on the show as well. Um, So Adam, Karen, me, and a couple other people that I added to the group. And uh, we were all kind of like researching the same stuff and everything. So sometime I want to say into 2020, like maybe March, April, something like that. I don't remember. um, Spring-ish she told me about, oh, she's like, have you ever heard of Owen Benjamin? And I'm like, no. (laughs) And I feel like I, I was like, wait, maybe I have, because I remember having through the flat earth days, when I learned about flat earth in 2017, at some point later on, as I was like looking at watching videos, I saw his like breakdown. (laughs) I saw, I think I saw, I don't know if it was I don't think David Weiss had posted that yet, or I don't know where I saw it, but I saw him kind of doing his spiraling Mm -hmm. and I just thought it was hilarious. 
but that's the most I knew. And then when she mentioned him, I was like, wait, I think I remember seeing a video of him. So she's like, yeah, yeah, he's really, you know, awesome. And he has this community of people and, you know, he's on, uh, he has this social galactic thing. And back then that's all there was, um, you know, I guess Instagram too, where people were just following his channel and like, or his profile and commenting and stuff like that. But as far as like interaction with other people that were bears, you know, I think social galactic was the only thing. So I joined UATV and then I got a social galactic profile. And when I went to look up share bear, which was the name I was looking for, it was taken. I was like, mm. okay, fine then. So I just did Shaz bear and I was Shaz bear for a while. And, um, at some point, um, that was all 2020, right? I was, I wasn't like super watching all of this stuff, but I would like, sometimes I would catch him on D live and I would just be like here in my office, like going through stuff, going through boxes and cleaning stuff up. And I would just play it one time. I think it was when he was with the guy from the guy who does the, not Christopher Gardner, but the other guy who does gardening, forgot his name. Ice Age Farmer? No. Mm. Oh, I know who you're talking about. I can't you know remember his I'm name either. I can't yeah. remember his name. <laughs> He's got a YouTube channel that's really big too. Yeah, he has yeah. he has a big following now. But he had a show with him, and I'm sitting there cleaning my stuff. I get done, and I'm like, "They're still on." I was like, "Seriously, this is insane." But it's like I couldn't hit the stop button because I still wanted to hear him talk. But then, <laughs> so it it was literally like a three hour tour or something to that effect, and I was like. At that point, I was like, okay, I, I guess I can only tune in when I have time to tune in because otherwise I get hooked and then I don't do anything. Like I can't process, I can't do other, like unless it was something menial, like what I was going through that that time, I was just cleaning stuff that was easy to do. So so I I can listen to some of his stuff, but I can't do three, four hours. That's it's just, it's, it became a lot. So I was just hearing from people like the clips and, you know, the really, really awesome ones. And then I would save those and I would watch those. Um, so at some point in late 2020, the, well, at some point in 2020, the BertariaTimes.com went up and then some months later, the Bertaria Times app opened up and it was late, maybe November, December, something like that. And that's when I joined like pretty much right away. And, um, after that is I started meeting, you know, I started meeting some people like I met Cody, uh, our friend Cody that lives in New Jersey. I met um, Burn Bear. Like those are some of the like the people I met from like the old some back in the day. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, you know, 2021 comes around and uh, sometime I want to say it was like May. April or May, something like that is when I met Brandon. And I had seen a post that he did with, with Pasquale Bear, I think. It was a video he did talking about the law, loss, legal, lawful stuff. And I was like totally into those topics. So I'm like, oh, cool, I'll watch this. So I watched and then I was commenting and then he was writing back really quick. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And, and then I was like, you know what? I'll just, we'll just message on Bertaria time. So we friended on Bertaria and then uh, it was easier to, you know, chat on telegram at that point, I was done with like 
I had, I had moved my group chat of my friends, like Adam and, and Karen, the ones I told you about, I'd moved it to like signal, but then signal went crazy after Twitter <laughs> went crazy. And I was like, okay, I'm done with signal. I found telegram. I was like, let's just do telegram. So then I was all on telegram and Owen was on telegram at that point. He had channels and stuff. So I subscribed to all those. And then, um, and then Brandon and I started chatting on telegram. And at that point, um, at some point he's like, you, you have like a good radio voice. Like you have, you can do this. Like you should, you should do a show with me sometime. And I'm like, I don't know. And at the time, so my, my boyfriend, well, my last boyfriend whom I had been estranged for, for four months, uh, or, or more when he died, he died in, in, uh, 2021 in, uh, February of 2021. So I was still processing a lot of that. And I was like, I'm not ready to talk about myself on like live TV. You know what I mean? I'm just not ready for that. (laughs) So I I was like telling Brendan, like, I don't know. I'm not sure about that, but I'll think about it. So at some point he's like, well, let's just do like a show about you asking me about tarot because like you have questions about tarot. And I did because I had listened to Crow a lot about uh, talking about the tarot. And he was, it's funny because I feel like he was pushing that a lot more back then than he does now. Like he doesn't really reference the tarot these days, which I think is interesting. But back then he was referencing it a lot. And he was like talking about the book meditations on the tarot and all this stuff. And I'm like, I was very interested in that topic. And then, um, so I was like, Brandon seems to know about this topic. So I'm just going to ask him what he thinks, because I knew that Crow was very, he was kind of polarized on the topic of like the death card and uh, some of these other cards, the tower card and stuff that he thought were kind of evil. And, uh, Brandon gave a more even perspective of like, the tarot is not evil. It's just a tool. Um, the tarot is like anything else, like a hammer or, you know, a gun. They can be used as tools. They can be used for good or for evil. Just depends on the person using it, right? So um, we did an episode that was not overshared. It was just a one of his Brandon Bonanza episodes. Just just a a chat, and I asked some questions, and then um, yeah, we posted that and. And it for it was a good few months before we even started over sharing. And he had jokingly mentioned one time, because we would chat on the phone about all these topics and about life and like what this realm is, like what all these things, like and trying to figure things out and contemplate and speculate. And uh, he's like, we should do a show called Over Sharon. And I'm like, maybe. <laughs> So that was in the back of my mind. And at some point, I think Brandon's like, all right, let's just record. Let's just record something. You know, if it, if it, if it is crap, then we won't do it. If it works, we'll post it and we'll see what happens. So, so we did it. And actually it was, Brandon was actually out in his garden and he was on his phone. So we recorded from his phone and uh, we called it episode zero because it was like well we're not sure if this is going to be even a a good one or not so we'll see how it goes and that's how it all started the magical 
It's so cool yeah. how these things come together. Like, it's just so trippy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Love it. Love it. It's totally amazing. Yeah. yeah. Are you having fun with it? You guys just every week just gets better and better type of thing or. Oh my gosh. You have yeah. no idea. Every yeah. week is just, it's just insane. The stuff that has been having Brandon, like sometimes he'll just be like, he'll call me and he'll be like, I have notes for the next show. And he'll just <laughs> nice. like, send me like a bullet, <laughs> bullet, bulleted list. I'm like, this is great. Yeah. It's it's like, I look at it. I'm like, fire, 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 fire. This is awesome. <laughs> so cool. That's so cool, man. Yeah. yeah. I guess, uh, I mean, I, I didn't really get into my podcasting journey. I'll just like say it real quick if that's all right. Yeah. 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 So, um, <clears throat> I didn't even get started until after COVID. So it was post COVID. Um, it was myself and two other friends out in Oregon. Um, we were kind of, well, so, so myself, I've been looking at this stuff forever, you know, like nine 11 freaking government corruption, lizard people. Like I could go down all these <laughs> rabbit holes all day long, yep. you know? So I had a little bit of context and understanding and I've been listening to like Alex Jones forever. You know, that's kind of like my, uh, my, my little, uh, guilty pleasure. You know, I still love Alex to death. Like he's, he's, he's <laughs> the greatest broadcaster in history. You know what I mean? Like just like, so, <laughs> so it's just like, yeah, I gotta get my occasional dose of Alex every now and then too. But anyway, so, uh, you know, listening to Alex Jones, like, I'm just like, okay, so I know what this is. Once COVID started descending, like March of 2020, I'm like, okay, I know what this is. My buddy, Ed out in Oregon, um, he, he, he was the same, same, like he listens to a lot of podcasts too, like tinfoil hat, the high wire, like all those things. Now he came from a more medical freedom background, even for me, because he has a vaccine injured son. And so him and his, uh, you know, uh, child's mother, they had been like very much involved in medical freedom movement for years, like, like vaccine risk awareness, you know, going to these marches and demonstrations about vaccines for years, you know what I mean? And so, and I, it was interesting because I was all also like, you know, again, I could talk about lizard people all day long, but at March, March of 2020, I was still kind of like, yeah, but vaccines isn't like the science kind of settled on that. Like I was one of those guys. I still wasn't all the way across the finish line there. And so, he gave me like all these resources and stuff to look into. And I just immersed myself in it. And I've literally pretty much immersed myself in it the last two years and just learned so much about everything, all the traditional vaccines all the way up through the new MRNA stuff. And I've really just kind of like learned so much about it. Now I'm like, Oh hell no. I'm like, no, 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 across the board. But that was really cool because he kind of opened my eyes to a lot of that stuff as well. And just the overall big pharma cartel. And so, you know, we were, we were looking at what was happening in the world and out in Oregon, cause we were out in Oregon, everything was getting shut down. You know, it was just like madness. Like it's just madness was descending everywhere. And so we're like, man, we got to get the word out. Like, this is not what people think. And so our original idea was to make t-shirts. Like, you know, he came up with the idea of COVID-1984. That was our idea. That was our idea. Right? <laughs> uh, anyway. So, um, so that was the original idea. And then, and then, uh, I can't remember, who suggested it, but I think it was him. And he's like, why don't we just start a podcast? I'm like, no, there's already a million podcasts out there. Like, there's no, no point in doing that. But, uh, but then we really just were like, you know what? No, let's just do it. So we went to guitar center, bought some microphones. And then, uh, I have another friend, Megan, who's extraordinarily intelligent and articulate. Like she's just like one of my favorite people. And so I'm like, we should get her on the show too. you know, bring some balance, like a female perspective. Plus she's like, super like articulate and like and so that was it and so that that show was called truthzilla the truthzilla podcast and uh we started it was the three of us and we got together every week and and uh started doing at first like the whole idea the premise was we just wanted to like talk about quote unquote conspiracies that were proven declassified widely accepted 
things that weren't like lizard people, things like Tower 7 or just like, you know, vaccines, for example, or MK Ultra. these things that were kind of more public just to bring people up to speed so that they could have some context to understand what was going on with the whole COVID madness. So that was the original premise. And we, we, we started like, you know, doing topical episodes. Um, we, we did like one of Margaret Sanger. We did like, like, you know, digital currency. Like we were, we were doing these, these types of episodes and then we started doing interviews and then the interviews kind of the entire show shifted to an interview based show basically. And we just started just reaching out to people and, uh, you know, had the opportunity to interview a lot of these doctors and Brandon, I know you've talked to a lot of these folks too, like, like Judy, Judy Mikevitz and stuff like that. And like, so like, like that's, that's kind of the realm we found ourselves in. It's just like, you know, trying to get to the bottom of this, you know, and we did some amazing things, you know, that went on, uh, up until January of 2022, just, just this last year, I ended up leaving the show. We had some like internal stuff going on. so I ended up leaving the show and that's when I launched the new show rebunked. And, uh, here we are. There you go. So they didn't believe in lizard people is what you're saying? No, they believe in lizard people. They're all about it. They're all about it. But, uh, but yeah, it just, it just, it kind of ran its course and we were just, no, I hear you. yeah, it's just one of those things. It's, it's tough working in teams sometimes, you know? Like, really yeah. Is. Yeah. It really is. It's like a yeah. band. People don't realize yeah. they see these yeah. rock bands and they don't realize what, what goes yeah. on behind the scenes. Yeah. I get it. Yep. Totally. And and even when it's like this, like, like Oasis, it's like, well, can't you guys <laughs> just figure it out? Come on. You guys are Oasis. Can't you just figure it out? But it's like, but yeah, being on the inside, it's like, I get it. When, when it's over, it's over, you know, there's like nothing you can do. So, yeah, it's like, a, it's just like a, an end of a journey and you yeah. needed to go through that and uh, give yeah. you the experience to do what you're doing now. Totally. Yeah. And, and I, and I just want to say too, I, I mean, I have nothing but love and respect for them and I'm really proud of what all the things that we did, but it's just, it's just, is what it is. And it's just, it's weird because, you know, part of like my move out here to Tennessee, I'm in Tennessee now, part of that, like. I wanted to get out for a long time, but I had all these attachments in Oregon, you know, and, and it's kind of weird how just coincidentally, like all the attachments I had there kind of fell away all around at the same time. And that was just my sign. And okay, okay, it's time to go. So oh, that's yeah, great. you mind so if I ask you, you a question? Yeah, um, yeah, of course. So what was the first thing that got you into this whole like conspiracy that kind of woke you up to it all? Do you remember? Ooh, yeah. Well, um, well, tower seven was a big one. Tower seven was a definitely a big you know, just the idea. Okay. So I was the type of guy who all through like the Bush years was like, yeah, they took our freedom. You know what I mean? Like we need to go teach them a lesson and all this stuff. Right. I was pretty much, I'd fallen under the spell. Um, and I don't even know when it was, it would have been probably like late 2000s, 2010, somewhere around there. When the idea of tower seven, like, you know, the third tower that was brought down, uh, no plane had hit it and it fell vertically right into its own footprint, free fall speed. Uh, due to office fires now come on now that's kind of weird so after understanding that i mean that's really for people out there that may not fully grasp the 9-11 thing like that's the smoking gun right there tower seven it's like okay well then if you can't explain how that tower actually fell then it had to have been a premeditated event the entire thing and so there you go so yeah yeah that was when i was like wait a minute and so then at this point i started listening to podcasts i started um, you know i think my original uh itinerary for podcasts was like tinfoil hat with sam tripoli and then uh the higher side chats and uh those conspiracy guys um and then i remember one of my major red pills was actually uh <clears throat> it was a higher side chat episode with a lady named uh fiona barnett i think her name is um she was an australian satanic ritual abuse survivor and she was just giving her story and i'm just listening and i'm just like no way. There's no way that that's even 
that, that could possibly happen. Like she's crazy. And so like, I, you know, sought out to like disprove it, I guess you could say, like, I was just trying to like this, there's no way there's like, they don't like sell children or like hurt children. Like there's no way that, that people do that. You know what I mean? Like I was so naive to that piece of it. And then after unpacking that, and this probably would have been like 2016 or 17, maybe. And I was like, Whoa, dude. Okay. Okay. And then once I realized like that is literally everything like at the top, like that's, that's like the currency of the elite is like the blood of children. Like, Holy shit. Like, okay. Now I understand. Like, Oh yeah. It's crazy, man. So. Yeah. That'll wake you up real quick. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So, so here we are. Yeah. Really good documentary that I picked up after that. It was like, it's on, you can still find it on BitChute. shoot. I know it's <clears> very, <throat> very suppressed, but it's a show called Imperium. If you type in Imperium 2018, it's like a 10 part uh, documentary about all these different cases of like governments covering up instances of like child trafficking or child abuse. And it's just shocking. And it's almost like it almost, the takeaway is, and it's from all over the world, like it's America, the UK, um, Belgium, and it's like all over the, uh, Lithuania, like it's all these different cases. And it almost like feels like, like these governments literally only exist to cover up this type of stuff. Like it's really crazy. Like, <laughs> yeah. And it's funny what Owen's been talking about recently because he yeah. talks about how the child abuse, I mean, there's so many aspects. It, it one, it, it furthers the, cause when you abuse a child and they grow up to be yeah. one of these satanic people, not all the time, but a lot of times, right. You get yeah. your, it's like, uh, you know, you're just trying to get the best of the worst or whatever. And then what he talks about how it's used to blackmail people because it's still so taboo, but if they yeah. can get people or if people are into this stuff, then they know that they own them because then they have to do exactly what they say. Most times I think they're just willing to do it anyway. Yeah. Um, but I've shifted my view more now where I see it as just all a show. I'm not saying that doesn't happen. Yeah. It's not terrible, but like when I'm viewing the outside world, like people ask me about that recent thing that happened in Texas with, you know, yeah. guns. And I'm like, all the world is a stage. That's all I can say. Like, I don't know if it's real or if it's yeah. fake, but all I know is that it's being presented to us in a way where we're like, we're living in a movie and we have to react oh, yeah. a certain way, you know? Yeah. 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 I try not to fall into those traps either. I feel like literally anything that's being promoted or touted on any sort of mainstream platforms or, you know, the way like it's being presented to us and packaged to us, like coordinatedly across all platforms, like that's a huge red flag. Okay. Like this is obviously probably not the truth. There's definitely deceptions and agendas happening and then they're trying to manipulate my feelings towards it in one way or another. And like, I just try to like, not like even like the whole Ukraine thing. Like I haven't even really <laughs> touched that one at all. I'm just like, I know it's all bullshit. Dude. Like it's all just, yeah. Up. Yeah. Just like our quote in the yeah. beginning, once your mind stretches to a certain point, you're just like, I don't even, I'm not even on board. So yeah. you mentioned moving to Tennessee yeah, yeah. from Oregon. So yeah. tell us a little bit about that. Totally, yeah, totally. Before you do, yeah. tell oh. us like where you grew up. Like, did you sure. grow up in Oregon and all that yeah. stuff? Too? Yeah, born and raised in Oregon. Yeah, so like, uh, born in uh, just outside of Portland. Grew up in a town called McMinnville, which I guess is um, they, they, which was named after McMinnville, Tennessee, which is just right next door to here. So that's kind of interesting. <laughs> wow. That's the guy who grew up in what McMinnville. Yeah, exactly. He grew up in McMinnville, Tennessee. He went out to Oregon and started that town, McMinnville. I guess as the story goes, and I always knew about that story. But yeah, so here we are. Uh, Grew up in there, and then I went. I lived in Portland for about ten years after high school, and then Eugene, Oregon, for the last ten years. And in Eugene, uh, the last two years during all the craziness, so just like man, it was wild. It was wild. 
not quite as bad as Portland, but, um, you know, it was, uh, it was pretty intense. You know, I was, uh, yeah, I was working as a drug and alcohol counselor out there for the last three years prior to, um, prior to all this. And then like in 2021, like that job went away because they mandated it mandated the shots for everybody. And so I was like, no, that's not going to happen. So, um, that job went away and I'm just kind of like, uh, yeah, that was a big piece of just like, man, I got to get out of here, man. I got to get out of this state. Like, this is just like, it's demoralizing, man. And like some of those, um, you know, Oregon's a beautiful place. I love Oregon so much, like, like the outdoors, the nature, so many things to do. You know, you're an hour from the mountains, the ocean, some of the best rivers and rafting in the world. Like, it's just a beautiful, beautiful, amazing place. And it's just such a tragedy that it had, it had uh, fallen but even then, it's just like it's just a little corridor, a little strip between Portland and Eugene. It's just that tiny or yeah, Portland and Eugene, really. It's just that little strip <laughs> that uh, anywhere outside, like it's all red. Like it's all like, you know, FJB signs and Trump signs everywhere you go, like outside of that little strip or corridor. But uh, that little population dense area really dictates the overall politics of the state. And so it's crazy, man. And there's no sign of it ever ever it was just a captured state you know like each one of those west coast states washington portland california man like they're just <clears throat> completely captured and i don't know and then and, and it's insane to think you know <clears throat> like even seeing what's happening like i don't understand how anybody could still think that like anyway whatever i don't even want to get into politics <laughs> that's what we talk about yeah. on the show all the time yeah. don't worry about it we talk yeah. about the psychology behind that yeah. and why it's even worthless now to try to bring it up to somebody yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like it's a, it's a good example I like to bring up. So if you guys ever heard of the show Deborah Gets Red Pilled, you guys ever heard of that show? Mm -mm. I talk about it a lot, and my listeners like I apologize, but that's my buddy Adam, the guy who uh, was in uh, the Freedom Cell that told me that they're all drinking each other's pee. Right. So anyway, big shout outs to Adam and Deborah, dude. It's the it's one of the best shows out there. It's fantastic. I can't recommend it enough. So what what they do is he, Deborah is his mother in law, and she's like a super blue pilled. Uh, <clears throat> lives in San Francisco, like loves CNN, you know, absolute Biden supporter to the extreme, like hates Trump with every fiber of her being. What, what he does is he brings her on the show and uh, he brings in all these experts and everything and tries to red pill her, dude. And it's so <laughs> fantastic. And then she's a great sport. So everybody loves Deborah. She's like a little cultural icon, you know what I mean? Because she's a good sport. She shows up and she's open-minded to this stuff. But they're a good like 130 episodes in, something like that. They've had some powerful, powerful episodes. And uh, even still, she still has the walls up and still can't quite bring herself to like come or admit some of these truths, you know, and there's a lot of wow. powerful takeaways. And it's just like, that just goes to show you right there that there's nothing we can say or do to help convince somebody. No, you can literally sit them down and bring experts from all over the world and all sorts of different topics for hundreds of hours to bring them this information. They still, won't do, you know, exactly. that's how powerful it is. It's so it is. intense. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but anyway, so yeah, Oregon, just born and raised there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, let's so see. what made you decide for Tennessee since it wasn't the sink because of the two yeah. city names and stuff? Uh, the main originally, so I was looking at, you know, all the different, um, you know, red States like, uh, Florida, Texas, you know, where everybody was going like in 2020 and stuff. And, um, there were some good things and bad things. For a minute there, I was settled on Florida. I knew some folks out there and I was like, that's it, I'm going to Florida. And then they started explaining like the whole thing about humidity and the storms and all this stuff. And I'm like, hmm, yeah, I don't know about all that. So 
I kind of put that on the back burner. I kind of wanted to be the guy in Florida. I want to be a Florida guy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But, uh, but then they explain, like, I'm starting to look like logistically, it's like, and no offense to anybody in Florida, but it's like, you know, like the highways, like there's like one way in one way out. You know what I mean? They're kind of like trapped down there a little bit. <laughs> and, uh, but the biggest thing for me was like, like I said, I'm a drug and alcohol counselor. That's, that's been my career path for the last several years. Um, and I was looking at the, the state's, each state has like a different certification process. And uh, I was looking at a state where my current certifications would transfer over where there was like reciprocity and Texas and Florida. Like I would actually have to go back to school to like do more schooling, to do what I would was doing currently in Oregon. I was like, man, I'm not trying to go back to school right now. Like, (laughs) so uh, Tennessee though, um, their, their licensure board um, pretty much transferred straight across. So that was my original goal. My original plan was like, all right, Tennessee. Tennessee. So, um, I was really involved in the freedom cell movement out in Oregon, which was kind of like what kind of warmed me up to being, you know, part of a community, you know what I mean? Part of like a Liberty minded community. That was something I like, literally I wouldn't have been able to survive out there without that. Like we were doing meetups all the time, like skill sharing farm tours. We were doing really, really cool stuff. And in fact, in summer 2021, we did this, uh, we put together like a whole freedom festival, um, found a, Shout out to my friend, Mark. He's got some property outside of Portland and uh, we uh, put on this festival called Manifest, right? <laughs> and uh, it was really cool. Like we had a bunch of uh, speakers, like we had Dr. Paul Thomas from Portland. He's like the uh, guy that did the famous like vaxxed, unvaxxed study with kids and uh, became like public enemy number one back in 2020. So we had some like local speakers. We had a bunch of live music, like right in the middle of it all where everyone was just like, you know, it was, it was, it was rough. And so right in the middle of all the, the, the darkness, we had this amazing little freedom festival. It was like 100, 150 people that maybe showed up. Like it was really, really cool. So really got uh, experience like, you know, organizing, building community, that sort of stuff out there. And uh, so <clears throat> I got plugged in with the freedom cell. And that's the good thing about uh, freedom cells too. I have nothing but good things to say. Like anybody out there, like in addition to Bertaria, the Bertaria Times app, like check out freedomcells.org because there are these communities everywhere that are already, they're like, like if you're in your community and you're looking for fellowship or people to meet that are kind of on the same level, go to freedomcells.org. You'll see uh, little points on the map where they have little groups wherever you're at in the whole wide world, you know? So uh, that's a great, great resource as well. And they had a pretty big one out in Chattanooga, which is like Southeast Tennessee. And so that was my original plan was to go out to Southeast Tennessee. I was chatting with all the the freedom cell people there. And uh, it seems like they, they were really, really had their stuff together and we're doing meetups regularly. And so I was really excited about that. So Chattanooga is really the destination. And then, um, and so this was like end of 2021 going into 2022, I started the new show. And then the first episode of the show that I wanted to do was with uh, Ryan Christian from the last American vagabond. Cause like, to me, he's like his level of journalism and his reporting, especially through COVID there's nobody else out there. I, th- I think that's, covered it as in-depth and as accurately as he has like he's just like so next level in so many different ways and, and i'd interviewed him on on truthzilla but i wanted to get him on as like the the pilot episode the first episode of the new show because i was really i uh, just i just admire and love his work so much and so did that and we ended up staying in touch like through text and stuff like that and literally just one day out of the blue he's like hey man so if you end up in tennessee and you end up in like the nashville area uh, you can totally just use my studio if you want, like broadcast your show out of my studio. And I'm just like, what? That's the craziest thing ever, you know? Cause it's like, what about idols? Like one of my heroes, you know what I mean? And so um, 
I was like, okay, well then I guess I'm coming to Nashville. So that was that. So I uh, ended up in Nashville and I'm in last American Vagabond studios right now. Like, oh, wow. Show. Yeah. This is, this is Ryan's freaking studio right Sweet. here. Like, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. He, he, he has the studio next door and he's like, I have this second studio that I set up that nobody really uses it. So he's like, you can totally use it whenever you want. I'm just like, okay. And now we're like, Ryan and I are like, and now like Ryan and I are like buddies, dude. Like it's crazy. It's such a trip such a trip man that's amazing yeah Yeah, i used to follow him pretty heavily in 2020 that guy definitely gets it man he's really on top of his information and i ended up getting to talk to him in a show that i did i I think yeah so it was really crazy and i i had the same thing i didn't i felt like it wasn't even real because i'm watching this guy every night Mm -hmm. you know he has like thousands and uh hundreds of thousands of views and all this stuff and yeah so it was amazing yeah 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 so i'm just super blessed super grateful man like this uh <clears throat> it's pretty awesome man it's pretty awesome that very is very amazing really cool well i do have one other question for yeah. you that i thought of um you had mentioned you had posted something on bertaria times about yeah. um a recent um really really cool thing you did um oh, to yeah. uh to find some work yeah, yeah, yeah. and i wanted to sh- i wanted people to hear about that totally. I, I think totally. it's a great um kind of a great motivator for people yeah. yeah i've been talking this up like this is just like a game-changing life-changing thing that's happened like thanks for bringing it up because like i just um it's crazy man i got out here and again i was applying for jobs as like a drug and alcohol counselor and it's like so you know i know eventually we're gonna talk about like uh spirituality and stuff for me uh <clears throat> i'm a person in recovery myself you know i've been clean and sober for many many years it's just a big part of my life you know what i mean like both like most like the last few years professionally and then also just you know in my own free time, I go to meetings, I try and help people and do all that stuff. So, and that's a big spiritual journey. That's a big emphasis in, in recovery is like, you know, the spirituality component of it, because anyway, we can get into all that in a minute, but I came out here with the goal of maybe the hopes of finding some work <clears throat> as a counselor again, maybe. Um, but it was weird. I was applying for, <laughs> I guess I should say, I didn't leave the old job, the old counseling job in the best like they, they weren't too happy with me because like I was making, a, I was pretty vocal about my opposition to the vaccine and they were very pro vaccine. And so like, it was very, it wasn't a very like mutually good. Like, <laughs> like I was like, like I was sending out agency wide email saying like, Hey, if you need some help with your medical exemptions or religious exemptions, like come find me, I can help you out. <laughs> I've got, I've got some, I've got some resources and I know a lot about that. And they lost their shit, dude. They're like, you cannot be doing that. And so they restricted my ability to send agency wide emails. Right. And I found a workaround anyway to send them out anyway. And so like, they just like, like they were coming after me hard, dude. Like it was wild. So Good they don't like you. me very, yeah, they don't like me very much. And I, 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 I have now that agency, I'll do it again. I'll do it again right here. Willamette Family Treatment Services, Eugene, Oregon. I talk about it all the time on all these shows I go on. Like they are so evil and so bad. Like they went so far as to make it so that even patients being admitted to their uh, residential program had to get the shot, right? Wow. <clears throat> yeah. And these are like the, the, the most vulnerable people, the most, the most like vulnerable population, the people with the, that need the most help. And you're, you're telling them, no, you can't come in because you don't have this stupid gene altering MRNA experimental vaccine. Like it's so insane. So evil. And like, it got to the point where like Oregon health authority, the, the crazy people at Oregon health authority, the ones who are making all the public policy, the health policy in Oregon, even had to intervene and step in and say, actually, you guys are taking it a little too far. Like you can't <laughs> deny people. So even the crazy, insane people at Oregon Health Authority thought that Willamette family was B 
being too extreme with their policies. So, wow. so that's what I have a family for you. So I've been disparaging them on shows publicly for almost a year now. And so <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> so I was applying for jobs out here and I thought like I was like doing, I did a couple, I did two different interviews and I thought they went great. You know, I've just nailed it. But then I never heard back from them and I followed up with an email and they wouldn't even email me back. And I'm like, you know what? I bet Willamette family is, <laughs> they're, they're calling my previous employers and Willamette family's like, yeah, you don't want this guy. So I'm like, okay, fine. I guess I might, you know, I'll either have to redo my resume to where I don't list them on my resume or, <clears throat> you know, and I'm just like, okay, that's fine. Because I've been going to meetings. I've been getting plugged in the, me- the community out here. I, I'm getting fed. I'm getting what I need spiritually. And so it's like, I, I can, I don't need it. I mean, obviously I don't need that job for my recovery. That's not the idea, but it's like, you know what? Let me open my mind to something else. And so I was just applying for all kinds of different jobs and it just wasn't, I just wasn't feeling it. Like I got hired as a ghost tour guide. So I was going to be like, I was going to wear an outfit and like, like give like walking ghost tours through downtown Nashville. Yeah. I was kind of excited about that. That is cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I did get hired for that. I accepted the position. I was trying to memorize the script and all this stuff. And, um, and then I interviewed one of my buddies, Dean, Dean Reiner, who also has a really good show called the up is down podcast. He does a really good job of like, he produces those episodes and they're just top, top notch, top quality. He's a, he's a great, great podcast host. I interviewed him and, uh, and he's, he's hardcore too. I think he's a bear and doesn't even know it. I think maybe he, no, no, he, he's, he's down with Owen. He's down with Owen. He said, but uh, I don't think he's as involved as maybe like some of the rest of us are, but he's doing it for reals. Like he moved out of Portland, him and his girl, they got some property out in the country and, and he's just uh, doing that. And he was telling me how he was, uh, he was basically like doing odd jobs for people like around their properties. And that's how, that's how he was supporting himself. And I'm like, dude, that sounds great. Like, how did you do that? And I was picking his brain. Like, how do you do that? How did you get started doing that? And he's like, well, it all started with just a Facebook post. So I just made a Facebook post said, Hey, I'm available. I got some tools. I got a truck. If anybody needs some help? Like, let me know. And he said that that turned into like several like ongoing jobs and he's able to just sustain himself and feed himself. I'm like, dude, that sounds great. So I have a truck. I have some basic tools. Like I'm going to try that. I'm going to try that. And so anybody out there that's listening, I really hope, I really hope you could take something away from this because like, man, I basically did the same thing. Like, yeah, I know it's Facebook, whatever, but it's like, I joined some like, uh, Tennessee, like, <clears throat> like Nashville, middle Tennessee area, like contractor groups, farming groups, like uh, gardening groups, like these types of groups. And I made this post that basically said the same thing. I said, first of all, I'm new to town. <laughs> I have a truck, some tools. I'm available if you need help around your property. Any like grunt work, like if you need some holes dug, some fence posts put in, you know, if you need like some help moving some furniture, like whatever it is, like let me know. And uh and uh man, I just got this overwhelming response from people. Like it was insane. And and another part of the ad too, I should mention, I said, like, you know, I'm I'm also not only looking to help support myself, but I'm looking to network with other people that are like living a more agrarian lifestyle, people that are like, you know have farms or have property that are like looking to, so I was looking to network as well. So it was like a two, two double-edged thing. And that's been like the basis of the responses I've been getting, like people that are like just super, you know, they have farms and I have, Oh my God, I just can't even believe it. Like, it's just crazy, man. I have just like endless amounts of work from here to infinity. You know what I mean? And I've already got some regular jobs lined up and I just really want people to understand that like, you know, there, there are other options. Like you don't have to just go punch a clock. You don't have to like have a boss. Like literally now I'm just like, you know what? Like just in the last, this is like literally in the last like three weeks is that this is, a, this has developed. And I'm like, 
well, I'm just going to like start a business. Like this is going to be like, I'm just going to start my own little like handyman business. You know what I mean? Like just, I accidentally started a business is what I've been saying. It's like so crazy. And, uh, and it's really taken off and I've met some of the most amazing people and I've got some ongoing work already. Like I'm doing some work out at this ranch. That's a, a, a ranch slash recording studio and like artists go and then they record and they have like a whole experience, like staying there on this ranch and everything. And I'm like the ranch hand two days out of the week. You know what I mean? It's just like, dude, it's so crazy, you know, charging a premium price for, uh, you know, and I get to pick and choose my jobs, work my own schedule. And like, it's, it's crazy. It's insane. So anybody out there listening, if you're looking for work, if you're kind of like in a rut, like invest in yourself, like, like take a chance on yourself. You know what I mean? And it's, it's scary. It is scary, but man, it's crazy. It's like, I've just, I feel like I've like cracked through the matrix or something. I feel like I've like broken through this conditioning that say like, Oh no, you need to like have a job or you need to have like a 401k and you need to get all this stuff. Right. And it's just like, no, actually I don't No. So yeah, that's been a huge development and I'm really excited about that. So I've been here a month. I got here. So a month, so so this last Sunday would be a month. And by the time this goes out, like it'll, it'll have been like a month and a half or something like that. But like, man, just in this last month, like I said, I've never crushed so hard in my life. It's so crazy, dude. It's crazy. (laughs) That's awesome. And in addition, in that month, you already planned your first bear meetup. Yeah. 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 Totally. You've never met a bear in your life, allegedly. Uh, well, I, like I said, I, I, I knew after the fact, like I knew people and they're like, oh, wait, you're a bear. You're a bear too. Okay, cool. But yeah, no, bear meetups haven't done anything like that yet. So I've done a lot well, of freedom cell meetups, but no bear meetups yet. So I'm excited about that. And that's, that's uh, awesome. June 18th. I think by the time this comes out, it'll have already happened. But at the same time, yeah, happy yeah. to report. Yeah, yeah. That is, um, I was going to say that's summer solstice, right? Is it? That's the summer solstice weekend. Ooh, well, then there you go. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of good energy around it then. Absolutely. Great yeah. energy. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. So thank you yeah. for sharing that. Yeah, my pleasure. Great story. Yeah. Um, so at the risk of making you talk a little bit more. That's <laughs> no, great. Um, we wanted to talk to you about your spiritual journey. Like sure. what, what led you to where you're at? Like, where are you at? What are your thoughts now? Um, how open is your mind? Do you have yeah, any yeah. sacred cows? <laughs> oh, the sacred cows. Yeah. Yeah. I feel oh, like I'm those just are... kidding. No, no, no. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Talk about whatever you want. Okay. Totally. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. Oh, we're going to do some oversharing here. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> so like I alluded to a minute ago, like, like my spiritual journey, like I feel like I was, uh, I was pretty spiritually bankrupt there for a while. Like I wasn't uh, in a very good place in my life, like probably through my mid twenties, late twenties to my early thirties. You know, I found myself like consumed with uh, like alcohol is really a drug of choice for a long time. Um, it was just bad, man. Like I was just really in a dark place and I just, uh, <clears throat> it was hard to break free. I tried to get sober many, many times and I just wasn't able to, you know, and I finally was able to get some help and well, actually I got arrested for some bullshit and <laughs> that's really what kind of woke me up and snapped me out of that. Do you mind turning your uh, mic up just a little bit so that yeah. you don't have to strain? Yeah, there we go. Is that better? Yes. Okay. Okay. So yeah. So getting sober, like in the back of a cop car, right? That's, that's how, how that went. But anyway, you know, at that point, you know, when I finally had hit my rock bottom, I was just like, okay, I need some help. I need something, something, I need something. And I don't know really exactly what. So I went to this meeting, uh, narcotics anonymous meeting. I guess I'm not supposed to like say specifically. So anyway, I went to a random 12 step meeting and, uh, I was just like, you know, 
I need help. I don't know what to do. I just don't know. I just know I don't want to use anymore. And so like, that's when a few people came up to me and kind of like picked me up and said, Hey man, like you're good. Like, like I got some numbers and then these folks like actually became a big part of my life at that point. And, uh, and the whole process of recovery is a, is a very, it's all rooted and centered in spirituality, right? The, the spiritual component is so huge because the way we talk about it is like, it's a, it's like a spiritual like addiction. And I can say that like, you know, any addiction, any sort of things we struggle with is definitely, there's a, definitely a spiritual component to that too. And in, in, and in, in addiction, we say that like, <clears throat> it's, it's physical, mental, and spiritual and the physical part is the, uh, is the uh the 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 upset uh, the compulsion the compulsion to continuously repeat this behavior over and over even though it's like hurting you and everything around you like the compulsive piece of it and then the mental part is obsessive just being completely obsessed right obsessive compulsive so you're obsessed with this thing like it's it's essentially that your higher power like it's it's something that you or i like serve like it's something that i think about all day long it has completely co-opted my entire consciousness and my being and then it becomes my higher power right so the obsession the compulsion and then the spiritual component we describe it as complete self-centeredness complete self-centeredness where where you're obsessed with self above all else and it's like it's all about me feeding this demon feeding this beast feeding this thing at the expense of everything around me you know like and so the self-centeredness component of it is uh is really the, the spiritual nature of it. And obviously it, it permeates outward from there. And, uh, and then you're carrying, carrying yourself in a very dark, dark realm, you know, like it's just not, I mean, you're inviting all kinds of other dark, whatever you want to call them, entities, spirits, like whether in human form or other forms, like it's a very dark, sinister place, you know? And, uh, and so therefore in recovery, we, we say the solution then on a spiritual level has to be the opposite of self-centeredness, which is being others centered. And so really the nature of what recovery is, and I, I love talking about this because I think a lot of people <clears throat> who aren't really familiar with, you know, addictions, recovery, we all have like the, the, the image of like the, like the Hollywood portrays where it's like a bunch of people sitting in like a, sitting in a circle, like in a, in a dark basement, like drinking coffee, smoking cigarettes, like, Hey, I'm an alcoholic, you know, that sort of thing. Like, but really recovery is so much bigger than that. You know, it's really all about you know, carrying the message to the still suffering addict or alcoholic. It's all about finding the person that's still suffering and then helping them, helping that person. Right. And so I was at one point, that person who was needing the help. Right. And then eventually I got to the point where now I get to be the person who provides the help. And so, man, what an amazing journey that has been. You know, we talk about, um, we talk about living in accordance and in alignment with these spiritual principles. And so, Spiritual principles are something that we we bring up a lot. It's just something like being honest, uh, open mindedness is a big one. Um, being willing to do the work even when you don't want to. Um, you know, just uh, all these different things: compassion, empathy, like these things, and trying to learn how to incorporate that stuff into our our lives again. Because I feel like so many people who come to um, come to a recovery from a dark place, you know, there's bereft of all these things. And it's just like something that's been stolen for some people have never, like they grew up in that type of environment and don't even have these tools. So it's literally just learning how to live or learning how to live again. You know? And so um, another big thing that, that people, you know, there, there's, there's controversy around it, I guess, is the idea of the higher power. So like 12 step recovery talks about a higher power, you know, having a higher power that you, 
can utilize to help you through, but we don't, we don't make any claims or any specifics on what that higher power is. You know, it could be whatever you want, literally whatever you want. And so I know a lot of people think it's like a Christian thing and there are Christian based recovery programs and I got respect for all that, but it's like, it's not like, that's not where I landed. That's not where I found my home, you know? Um, but uh, the idea of the higher power is like, you know, something that a lot of people have to work to get to that point when you first get off the streets and you're just like very resentful towards, you know, anything, any sort of like, how could there be a God? Like, how could a loving God allow this to happen to me sort of thing? And just like very much you walk into a meeting and you see like the 12 steps written on the wall and you see the word God and you're just like, oh, hell no, I'm out of here, you know, but it's like, it's not, we're not talking about like God in the Christian sense, or you can do that if you want, you know, it's whatever you want it to be. And I always like to make the analogy where, like I mentioned, you know, it's like <clears throat> if you're having a tough time with your higher power, right? Just think back to when you were in your addiction, your drug of choice, that lifestyle, that is your higher power. That has become your higher power. So now what we're looking for, and now that you've removed that drug or that whatever from your life, <clears throat> it's like this big giant hole. It's like a vacuum in your body that needs to be filled. And then we use the term, you use like a God, you need something that's a God-sized hole that needs to be plugged with something, right? And so we're not looking for something that's, the higher power is not bigger than, like all it has to do is be more powerful than your addiction at this point, right? <clears throat> we just need something bigger than your addiction. And a lot of people, like it's really just showing up. And there are some criteria, like in, in the literature, it talks about how, uh, you know, it needs to be loving, caring, and larger than you. So you can't be your higher power, sorry. I know like as addicts, like we, we, we are our own higher power. You know what I mean? Like we like to, that's a comfortable place to be, but no, the one, the, the, the criteria is that it's loving, caring, it's not you. And it's just bigger than you, you know? So something as simple as like showing up to a meeting and being in a room full of drug addicts or alcoholics, you know, that collectively, that, that the energy of all those people sitting in a circle of just unconditional love and support, you know, that is a power greater than me as an individual. And I can get a lot of strength from that. And so, you know, just, 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 my journey was very much similar to that where it's like I was broken and frustrated and didn't really have any context or concept of anything. And like, it's like, well, how can God help me through this bullshit? Like, I just want, I'm just trying to not get high, like right now at this point. So I don't know how God is going to help with that, you know? So I'm <clears throat> very much, but, but in the beginning, it's just the open-mindedness piece. I know you guys have mentioned that. It's just literally just being open-minded, just being like open-minded to the possibility that maybe perhaps something could provide relief at some point, maybe that's it. That's like all you ask. If you go into that with that sort of attitude and unfortunately with addiction, it takes being completely broken to get to that place, you know, <laughs> completely broken to get to the place where you're willing to be open-minded to whatever it is that other, other people suggest. And like, for me, it's been a, it's been an amazing journey. You know, like I just, I started off in that place of open-mindedness and it's like, you know, it's, it's my concept of a higher power and, and how that, shows up in my life has, has changed a lot over the last, like, you know, many, like several years. So I'm, I'm coming up on six, six years, six years. Um, and, and it's so crazy to see, uh, how the role that it's played in my life. Like I, I, I'm at the point now where it's like, I know I'm going to go through good times and I know I'm going to go through bad times, but it's like, as long as I stay clean and just like keep doing the next right thing, I know everything's going to be fine. It's going to be great. And that faith really carries me through, you know, and, and it's been proven to me over and over and over and over. And it's really, to me, it's just a very simple formula. I just do the next right thing and I stay clean and I get to have this amazing life. And, and I know it's, there's going to be times that are going to suck beyond every, anything I've ever experienced. But man, if I stick to that formula and just trust God and trust my higher power and trust 
those around me that are working, you know, similar strong programs. And man, like, it's just like, I don't have to be fearful. I don't like, it's, it's got me this place where I don't have, I mean, obviously we get stuck in like the day-to-day fear if stuff pops up and you know, you're like, Oh God, how am I going to handle this situation? But overall, man, I just, the faith that I found in this journey has just been just, just mind blowing. I can't even believe it. So I don't know, maybe that's <laughs> enough of a start there, but. Yeah. So you mentioned, um, I guess I was, uh, I was wondering maybe if you had done any other things or, or looked into any other things to help you besides that, mm. was there anything else? Like, was there any like meditation or? Yeah. Anything? Yeah. Yeah. Meditation's a big part of it too. Like it's actually in the steps. It's like it's step 11 it talks about how prayer and meditation are essential components. Now I've gone in and out of different like practices and I've been a lot better at times over the last several years of like having like a daily practice, but it's like right now I'm not at the best right now. <laughs> at that, and you know that's I mean? yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Brandon has talked about that. I don't know. Brandon may want to reiterate. Yeah. And when I first started meditating, I jumped in pretty hardcore. And after a couple of years, I was meditating like 30 minutes a day, maybe an hour a day, depending. And then <clears throat> I came across this concept that people were saying that meditation was bad. So I had to look down that rabbit hole and see what it was about. And they were just talking about really like over meditation and like kind of what the new age is all about. You get stuck in non-action because you just want to meditate all day, stuff like that. So I saw it more as a tool and I use it now. Um, I'm, I'm pretty much back to like a daily practice, but for a while I wasn't meditating, but I feel like when you do meditate, all the healing that you get from it just stays with you. It doesn't go anywhere. So you could just get to another level and then maybe find something else that helps you out. But it's really like an individualistic thing. I found out it's not, I mean, I, I would recommend it to everybody to meditate and to just get that clear mind space in that head space. But um, it's not like this uh, super cure all that's going to do it all. You still have to do the work, but it, it just helped me get to the next stage. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, totally. I've definitely been in that place where I feel like the benefit of having like a consistent daily practice for sure. So yeah, yeah. definitely something I want to get back to. And I've been saying on my, on my show for a while. Now. I know, I know I need to get back to it. I've had guests on recently where, you know, that's been the focus of the conversation. And I'm like, yeah, I know I need to get back to that, but still a work in progress. So Yeah, absolutely. And I too, I, um, I meditate and I do some yoga every day, but I don't, I don't like beat myself up for if one day I'm like, "Mm, not going to do it today, or I just didn't get around to it or something else came up. So I just don't beat myself up, but I know that it's there. And when I do do it, I do enjoy the benefits of it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there. Just be patient. (laughs) Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So were there ever any sacred cows for you in, you know, in your spiritual journey or just in your journey in general? And, um, and what do you like, how do you feel about them now? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you can thank Owen for a lot of these, right. Of course, like that's kind of what he's known for is like, you go in there with all of these, uh, presuppositions and kind of viewpoints and like, he's really good at like, you know, tearing those down a little bit. Um, Brandon, I can agree with you, man. I was very much like, and, and I'm still kind of there in a lot of ways, like the kind of anarchist uh, mentality, kind of libertarian, like philosophy. Like, I love that stuff. I love, I think there's some really, really valuable stuff in there, but 
you know, it, it took, you know, Owen was pointing out some of the glaring inconsistencies and it's like, yeah. oh yeah. How, how the heck can you like have no government when then what if your neighbor wants to like traffic his kids, like how are you supposed to like uh, stop that? I guess. Yeah. Okay. So some of these things that he points out, they're like, oh yeah, I guess that, that can't work. And what I love the most is like when he was characterizing that, um, you know, the, the amount of government you need is directly proportionate to the morality of the society. Right. And so when you have a, a society or a city, that's just like, just, you know, hell, it's just complete Babylon everywhere. You know what I mean? Like you're going to need like, like police with guns or enforcing these, you know, laws or whatever, like you need that sort of thing. And then you live in like a high morale community, you know, small town and, and there's like no crime. Like you don't need like government's not like in your face all the time. You know what I mean? And so then again, one of the big lessons I've always taken away from what Owen talks about is like, it's back on us. Then it's back on us to then build moral societies. And then it starts there with your family, you know, it starts with yourself and your family and your connection to, you know, a higher power and all this stuff. And it's just like, it starts there and then it works outward from there. So it's like, at no point do I want to like delegate or give my, uh, you know, myself up to like a government and, and trust the government to, to save me or fix all my problems. Like it's always going to come back to me, it comes back to me and then the community that I'm building. So I love that piece of it. So, you know, I, I I'm not quite the anarchist that I used to be maybe <laughs> prior to this, you know what I mean? That was, that was a big one that kind of got, uh, that kind of got, I had to take another look at, let's just say, let's just say, and then um, probably the biggest one um it's like, you know, I, I, don't, I don't have any kids, you know what I mean? And I've just kind of like always just kind of resigned myself to the fact like, eh, I guess it's not in the cards. Like I, and I have friends, like a lot of my friends have kids and there, there's been moments in my life where I'm like, yeah, that'd be kind of cool to have a kid. And then like, I'll see like one of them like running out. And he's like, you know, just got shit all over. I'm like, okay, no, no, I'm never, 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 <laughs> never, never. And so, so that's been me, like my whole like adult life. I'm just like, I never, like, I just never really had any interest or thought that it was so great that I didn't have kids. And like, I was always like, yeah, God, I got so lucky. I didn't have any kids. You know what I mean? Like that's been my mentality, you know? And then just lately I'm just like, Oh, I was completely wrong about that. <laughs> you know what I mean? And now I kind of do want some kids. I don't know if it's in the cards at all, but I feel like maybe that would be kind of cool at this new, this phase of my life where I'm at now. The open-mindedness so is good. Yeah. yeah. So, so there you go. You know what I mean? Like that'd probably be the big one. And now I'm kind of like, now I'm trying to like find somebody that maybe wants to have kids or has kids and maybe wants more kids. I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at now. So, so those would be my big ones. Like I was trying to meditate and think about like what it was coming into this interview. Like what, what are my big ones? I'd say those are the big ones there. So what about you guys? I'm curious what your guys' are. Well, I went through the a similar, pretty much exact uh, thing that you did because I kind of felt the same way about kids. Um, I was I had an addiction, but it was more really to sex, I guess you yeah. could say. I was like had severe intimacy issues, and I was just going around doing my thing. But I had that same similar experience that you talked about, where I was just like, this just is not working for me anymore, and it just doesn't make sense. And then I got behind all the psychology behind it. And I realized why I was doing what I was doing. Like you said, I had this big hole and I was just trying to fill it with random yeah. interactions with people. Yeah. And uh, as far as the, uh, the anarchist thing, I really think those guys have it great in theory. Yeah. But like you said, in practice. And I, I was, see, I hinted at this earlier because I was looking into all this like and cap stuff and I was like, yeah. you know, super on board with all this stuff. And I was also though meditating and I was listening to like a lot of Ram Dass. I was reading the, reading the Bhagavad Gita and it didn't 
really click until I <clears throat> ran into Mark Passio. I'm not mm. sure if you're familiar with him, yeah, but yeah. he he put it in a way where he was talking about how it's really just about everyone's behavior. And I think he has more of a, um, I'm not saying I totally agree with everything he says, but I think he has a better picture on it where it's like, you can't just sit here and talk about, cause he has a show he calls like fake ass anarchists and all this stuff is like, <laughs> you can't just talk about this stuff and you can't just put it on people. It's really about their behavior. And then the society, well, I don't know if these are his words, but this is what I'm realizing. The society that you exist on will just fall in line with that. And then all that stuff will just go away. The government, you won't even need it. You know, that's what I tell yeah. people. I'm like, the government's only there because we need it right now. Yeah. That's why they exist. Everyone wants to blame the government. I'm like, well, if you just look at your own behavior and if you just behave in accordance with the golden rule or natural law, yeah, is more you do it and then people start to see your example and then hopefully they'll do it. And then I'm sure they're always going to be psychopaths that you got to deal with. But I feel like that's how it happens. It slowly changes. And then as that happens, all these great ideas that these anarchists are talking about, they'll just kind of fall into place mm -hmm. naturally. You know, we'll we'll be living really more in accordance with nature, like Crow says. Crow Triple yeah. Seven's always like, "There is no lie in nature," yeah. and I feel like, and we've talked about this a lot on the show. I feel like society in general, if you want to call it Babylon, it's just an inversion of nature. Just like even mm -hmm. a city is just an inversion of a forest. You know, um, except you, instead of not a lot of people in a nice place, you just it's like this place that everybody gets stuffed into, and they're right on top of each other. And uh, really just drives them crazy. So that's really what opened my mind to that. I mean, it was it was really kind of mind blowing. And then when Owen started to go after the anarchists, and that's another reason why I wasn't always like listening to him right away, because his all his beliefs weren't exactly driving with mine, but he was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. So I would listen to this and then I'm like, <laughs> oh, he's kind of wrong or I think something like that. And again, I'm not saying he's right about everything, but I really like where he's at these days. And once he started talking about that, it just was like, yeah, that's so true. What are you going to do? I mean, and I've heard the arguments that the anarchists make about that stuff, but it just isn't in reality. That's the yeah. thing. You know, it just sounds nice, but yeah. you can't stop somebody from stealing something of yours uh, because it sounds nice. You know, and it's crazy. And again, um, I, or I really feel like they're too pie in the sky about corporations and what they're going to do you know it's just an inversion really yeah um, but yeah. again they do write like all these people like uh um mises and uh murray rothbard they wrote a lot of really good stuff about how a society should be it's just the totally. implementation part of how we're going to get there and there really is no way to implement it except from a real true ground up uh from the ground up movement where people are just behaving the way they should be and taking yeah. personal responsibility you know that's it that's it and just you know it's something i still really have a lot of faith in in is the idea of like the counter economy like like us building community coming together building our own supply lines and and making it so that and that's kind of the idea with the freedom cell too um it's all based on the idea of like agorism which is kind of a spinoff of you know anarchy slash libertarianism where it's like but it's more like action-based like here let's build alternative institutions let's build parallel structures let's build our own you know we can't save the world but what we can do is in our own little community and i feel it's very much in alignment with like you know like what we talk about in you know bertaria right really it's like you know we're building our own communities networks you know in group preference and we're just uh you know having our own exchange like monetary exchange cutting out them and I, the idea being it's like we like we lead by example we build this we continue to grow and expand 
eventually, hopefully, ideally, you know, it, it'll be like at the point where uh, there's like mass adoption, where more people are bought into our society than the government mainstream society. And, and therefore we become the majority, you know, like over here. And then of course, I'm sure that at, a, at, at scale is going to have lots of complications and issues with it, of course. But at the same time, you know, again, it's a great idea. It's a great idea that, and maybe that isn't the end goal where we make the old system obsolete we're, more so we're just, we're over here thriving. And it doesn't even like my goal is to be able to build enough of a community to where it doesn't matter what they do. It doesn't matter what mandates they have. It doesn't matter what they want to inject in me. Like I'm over here. We we're all over here doing our own thing. We're completely insulated and self-sufficient from that. So it doesn't matter what they do. So we're over here. We're over here crushing. Doesn't matter what they do. You know, that's the goal. So. Yeah. And it reminds me of something. I don't think I've ever brought up on the show, but I heard of this concept called the one small town by this guy named Michael Tellinger. I don't know mm. if you guys have heard about mm. heard, heard about that. I don't think so. This I I believe the concept is something like this. You go to a small town, you talk to the the mayor and the you know the people of the town and um you see if they want to implement this. And basically it's about all the small businesses in the town like the baker, the bakery or whatever you are, whatever your business is, you take volunteers for your business. And each person who lives in the town volunteers three hours a week, which is not a lot, right? Three hours a week in whatever place they want to, you know, volunteer where they could learn something. They could learn a trade. They could learn how to bake. They could learn how to make a sword. I'm just kidding. That's, they, whatever. That's where I'd be. They, yeah. they can learn how to, you know, do whatever they want, right? Whatever that small town has in, in the way of small business, right? And so um, over time, they actually begin to build up more, uh, like people learn more skills, right? Because they're volunteering this. And in exchange, I think in exchange for their volunteering, they do get a little, you know, a little kickback for whatever business they're at, whether it's like, if, if it's eggs, if you're, you know, dealing with eggs, maybe you get to take some eggs home mm -hmm. that day or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but basically you do that. And the, the goal is you're going to be, you're going to be producing enough stuff for your own town that you won't need to go to the major corporations mm -hmm. for your stuff. Mm -hmm. so and then in the end even you could build up build it up enough that you can start even shipping to towns nearby or shipping to people nearby or even the rest of the country if you'd like mm -hmm. but it starts it like starts small and that's how you uh that's the that's the concept and yeah. um i believe south africa is he might be from south africa or something like that and it's, there's some different places. I think there's one in the States that was going to get started somewhere. I can't remember where, maybe Texas or something like that, but um, it just made me think of that, which I think is a, is a good idea too. Yeah. I think it's fantastic. Like, I, I mean, you know, whether it's formal or informal, you know, it's something that we can all kind of do, you know, and I think the, the bear community is a big asset for that. You know, it's like a built-in already, like you kind of like kind of my take on it is like, you know, if somebody's on the Beartaria Times app, they've already kind of jumped through a few hurdles and they're already kind of like on the level at least, <laughs> you know what I mean? A little bit. Aware. Um, and, at yeah, least. They're, they're aware at least. And, and one of the things anybody listening, you know, like that, that maybe 
isn't completely familiar, a good place I like to tell people to start is go to buildingbertaria.com. There's a two-part documentary. <clears throat> it kind of shows like what it's all about <clears throat> and uh, you get a good history backstory and kind of brings you up to speed about what it what it's all about, right? And then go listen to one of Owen's streams because like the first time you listen to one of Owen's streams, you're going to be like, well, well, hold on, wait a minute, you, you can't, you can't say that. <laughs> and it's like, but you can't say that. I don't get it. How is he saying these things you can't say? And it's like, but it's like, okay, that's breaking your, breaking your, uh, breaking your conditioning, breaking your programming. Your you know? Yep. Yep. Bye-bye. So it's a journey. It's a journey. And it's yeah. all from love. It's all love, man. <laughs> it's hard to, it's hard for people to wrap their minds around. And then that's why he's such a controversial figure because people take him at face value. It's like, well, you can't say that. Like he must be full of hate. This must be a horrible person. It's like, no, dude, you don't get it. <laughs> you don't get it. The, the thing is taking things personally that yeah. therein lies the issue. And then mm -hmm. there, there you have the sacred cows, you know? Because people yep. take things personally, right? Yeah. yeah. And we talked yeah. about that a couple of weeks ago about taking things personally and not taking things personally and what that actually looks like in real life and how there's exercises you can do every day, every time something happens to you, when somebody says something to you. And what I was explaining is I got this idea from a book. It's called The Fifth Agreement. And mm. the guy was saying one of the agreements was never take anything personally, yeah. right? There's these agreements that you want to do to make your life better. And the way he explains it, and I love telling the story, basically, he just talks about how just imagine this person that you know, like say it's even your mom or whatever. She's watching her life. She's like sitting in a movie theater, watching her life in the present moment as it happens. It's like a movie. She assigns different, um, you know, there's different characters. Her son's a character, her husband, all these people, but she doesn't know them just like anybody. Like, I don't know the real Sharon or the real you. I don't know the real anybody, what they're thinking, how they act, why they react to certain things. So I just will assign something to them. So they're doing the same thing to you. So even when they're saying something to you, so if your mom says something to you that you don't like and you don't agree with or it's really starting to offend you, you could just realize that she's really having a conversation with herself in her head in front of you, really, because she's talking to this character of who she thinks you are. So when you can learn to uh, recognize that space that's there and she's not exactly saying it to you. And even if she is, then we talk about empathy. It's because a lot of times it's coming from a place of love and it's just certain things that she's been through. She doesn't want you to uh, experience it. And it's just her way to communicate it to you. So if you can try to get the feeling behind it, and even if you're wrong about it, as long as somebody's not physically hurting you or putting you in danger, it's just words that they're saying. You could start to distance yourself uh, from this stuff with empathy and with exercises like this. And that's really one of my favorites. Wow, that's yeah. awesome. And it also speaks to uh, this concept of shadow work and doing uh, the healing work for yourself to heal from wounds that you, you know, built up since childhood. Um, so it's like using that response from someone as a mirror. And I can speak to it because it's happened to me many, many times where I get upset about somebody saying something annoying or something that bothered me. And I have told Brandon about some of these spirals and, and he calms me down and he tells me he's, he's the devil's advocate. And then he tells me, okay, well, what if they were asked, what if they were doing this because they were coming from a place of love? Like, what if they were just 
seriously concerned for your health. And I'm like, but no, they, they were just being annoying to me. And he's like, what, what if they were just being caring about you? (laughs) So yeah, you have to, you have to use it to like, look back at yourself because honestly, if you can't, if you take things personally, you have to know that there's something that you need to, there's a wound there, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's just a, it's a tell that there's a wound there that you need to address. Yeah. Oh God. I was just going to say from from, uh, what I was going to say, a lot of people that are onto this quote unquote truth and all this stuff in this community, um, it's because a lot of us are a little bit smarter than the people around us. And when we grow up, I've noticed this, that I used to think I was not as smart or maybe even stupider. And it was something I had to overcome. And I would take it personally if somebody called me stupid and I'd have to prove to them that I'm smart. It's like poker, right? Like, Mm. so I started playing poker and I played a lot of poker. And in the beginning, I realized I was pretty good at it and I would do things that were a little counterintuitive. And if people like try to call me out on, like say, I I still won the hand and they're like, oh, you did that. Why'd you do, you know, why did you call with that or whatever? And I would have to kind of explain myself because I felt like I had to prove myself to them that I was smart. And now I'm just like, oh, I guess I just got lucky. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what happened. And it's the same thing. If somebody say you're doing something, um, uh, it's a practice you're doing, right? Say you want to drink your own pee or whatever. And people are like, oh my God, you shouldn't drink your own pee. Okay. So there's two (laughs) ways you could look at it. I would, you know, formerly I might be like, oh, these people must just think I'm stupid you know, and they think they're better than me and and I have to prove to them. Or I could say, well, maybe they know somebody who drank their own pee and went blind or, I, you know, I don't know. And so maybe they're just trying to um, use you. some of their own life experience yeah, to save me from harm. And it's not because they're challenging my intelligence or whatever, you know, so that and that's kind of like an ego thing. Now I just realized that that's how it is. And I'm not saying I'm like the smartest person, but um once I was able to let that go, that identity, um, that really helped. And like Sharon said, if you're starting to get offended, it really could point back to something in your own life. And there's a reason I think why, why you get offended. And that's really what shadow work has to do with. That's one aspect of it where you kind of go back. And again, I've been onto this thing recently where it's okay to feel however you feel about whatever you just sit there in it. And you're like, all right, I'm mad about this. And you just sit there. And because the other trap you could fall into is to berate yourself. Well, why did I get mad about this? What's wrong with me? There must be something wrong. And then it's another downward spiral. So you just allow yourself to feel that feeling and just kind of welcome it in. Mm -hmm. And then after a while, you could start to let it go. And then you could look at why, what's going on behind there. Um, What's the reason that I'm getting offended about this. And it's, it's really good work. And it's, the thing is, it's really hard because it's so much easier to blame your problems or whatever it is on somebody else. Cause it's, it doesn't, um, you know, because (laughs) we're already so used to being berated because of our point of views and how we think the world works and all this stuff. So sometimes it's just easier to say, you know what, they're just all idiots and I'm, I'm the one who's right. And they're they're And I mean, that could be it. They could be idiots. But again, why is it bothering you? And the analogy I use with Sharon is in life, when the storm's raging, like on the top of the ocean, the waves are going crazy and the wind's blowing and there's a hurricane. 
you know, 50 feet below the ocean or 100 feet or whatever, it's nice and calm and it's fine. And there's that balance that you could find. It just depends on how you look at the situation. Mm -hmm. So things could be raging outside. And as long as you have that inner calm mm. and that inner peace about it, you don't have to worry about being shaken as much. And it's a, it's really a practice, you know, it takes a while. I'm not saying I'm great at it or I'm perfect. I still find myself judging people and stuff, but um, I've just learned that it's uh, something to, it's like an exercise, you know, something yeah. to just like, you're going to go to the gym and work out and make your muscles strong and look good. You have to do that in the inside too. Totally. Absolutely. <clears throat> we talk about that in recovery a lot too. Like in like just looking at your feelings and just knowing like your feelings aren't permanent. These aren't things that you need to make any sort of rash decisions on. You know, this isn't like uh, something that should inform your behavior necessarily. Like you need to like pay attention. Like, what is this? Like, cause yeah, getting clean. Like a lot of times, like, you know, we, we come and we, we, we emerge out of like addiction. We have two feelings, good and bad. And we don't have any language to describe anything outside of that. So really paying attention, like where are these feelings that like reside? Like what are the, physiological manifestations like am i sweating like is my stomach tight like what is going on you know and like really looking at it and then another great thing is to like especially with anger or resentment things like that it's just like do you remember what you were angry about like even yesterday do you remember what it was pissing you off yesterday do you remember like a week ago do you remember what you were so in a frenzy about a week ago do you even remember what that was i don't so just realize like these, these aren't permanent. Like just, you just ride it out. We call it ride the wave, just ride the wave. Just know that this is a temporary state that you will be delivered on the other side. And eventually you will have another problem to deal with. But this one, it's not the end of the world. It'll be fine. And six months from now, even if it's a big problem you're dealing with right now, six months from now, this won't even be on your radar at all. You know, you'll be on to something else. So it's just like the, the understanding of the lack of permanence of it, it's just, which can be kind of hard. You know, going through like a breakup or something like that. It feels like, oh, it's the end of the world, right? And 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 just having that perception and realizing that these things are not permanent. These things will, and it's just a matter of time and you will be free of it, you know? And, and you know, grieving is another big one. Like, um, you know, Sharon, you were talking about that a little while ago, you know, the process of grieving, like this, these, these, they, 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 it changes over time. Like it becomes different, you know, like the, the immediacy of it. It, and I can't speak for, for you or anybody else, but I'm just saying, you know, I've had, I've had similar situations. It's just like the, the, the grieving is, it takes on different, it's different over time, you know, and we, uh, we just kind of like learn to live with it in a lot of ways. And so it's just like knowing that these things aren't something that I need to go out and act on. That's a big, that was a big lesson for me for sure. You know, just understanding what these feelings actually are, you know, it's huge. Yeah. Something I like to say is I'm always like, Hey, you know how people say we're going to look back on this and laugh later. Mm -hmm. Why don't we just laugh about it now? Cause yeah, it's go. still just as funny. <laughs> you know yeah, what I oh, mean? Exactly. Like, I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 And we like to make people laugh. That's it, man. I, yeah. I mean, if we didn't have laughter, like, man, like these last couple of years have been hilarious I'm telling you, like a lot of people <laughs> are just like, they're just consumed by the darkness and the fear, but it's like, no dude, this has been the most hilarious shit ever, dude. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, like, how could you not laugh at this? Like Bill Gates, get out of here, dude. You're yeah, dope, dude. He's yeah. in every Bill Gates and Donald Trump are in like every yeah. rap song yeah. in the 90s. They're always yeah. mentioning them like I want to be. And then all of a sudden now they're like running the world. It's like, what the hell? What reality do we exist in? Yep. Yeah, it's pretty wacky. It's pretty wacky. But I don't know. I wouldn't want it any other way, man. Like, yeah. it's, 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 <laughs> exactly. It's, I mean, it's, it's such a weird paradox. Like, I'm sure like maybe you guys have felt this too. Like, you know, while all these other people out there are like falling by the wayside and like just consumed with the fear, like, it seems like maybe have you guys like 
thrived harder ever in your whole life in the last couple of years? It, yeah, it's crazy. That? Yeah. Yeah. The like, last few years have been like the best. Yeah. Isn't I've that just weird, like though? leveled up like yes. exponentially. Yes. It so feels like something. a real split in society. You know, yeah. there's some people who are thriving and just a lot of people. It's like a spiral. People are spiraling yeah. up or down and it feels yes. like. That's what we kind of talked about a few episodes ago. We were talking about the controllers and should we really hate them and just focus on them and all this stuff. It's like at the end of the day, they might be doing us a favor, right? Because they're getting us out of our comfort zone. For one, we're going to have to figure out a new way kind of to exist in this brave new world. But they're, they put a choice out there to people and it was like a big shit test, right? Yeah. They're like, are you going to take this experimental medical serum or not? And then are you going to just ignore all the death that's coming? You know, like I've just found out the other day, somebody else I know died that I didn't yeah. even know uh, for like a while. No, no one I knew like really close, but it's crazy the amount of um, death and then the spiraling that's going on and just the, uh, I don't know, it, it's, it's nuts. But again, it's nothing to be afraid of. I think this is stuff that just happens. It's like a cycle that repeats and we just aren't, um, old enough to remember the last time really nobody really talks about it they'll yeah. glamorize world war one and world war two and say how oh, it was such a great thing but when you look back at the history and you read the accounts of the soldiers and see what it was really about i'd take this over world war one or two you know because i was in the marine corps you know what i mean like i yeah. joined when i was 18 did four years active i could have ended up in a war zone if i was um born 100 years ago easily yeah you know so yeah yeah, it's powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is like you think about all these other like traumatic situations, like like even like the um like whether or not nuclear bombs are real, like that's still up for debate, but uh or not or not, or not. but at the same time, you know, just the traumatization of the society mm. during the nuclear missile crisis where they're like, "Oh, any second now you'll just be turned into turned into vapor any second." Pressing like, can that you imagine button. You're just living like under that constant fear, like that was just that's just like Man, like, you know, we, so there, yeah, and exactly World War One, World War Two, like, like all of these just devastating situations throughout history. Like, we got it pretty good. Like, man, what the heck? Like, even yeah, Vietnam, you know, I yeah. mean, that was yeah. insanity. And I grew up, I was born in 1976. So I went through the AIDS thing. Everyone was going to die of AIDS. And then we were always, we were always, because we yeah. saw that movie, um, War Games with Matthew, Matthew Broderick. Oh, yeah. And he talked about, you know, global thermal nuclear war or whatever. Yeah. And, that was just in there. And then, you know, asteroids and all this stuff, you just have all these fears swimming around. And then once you start to pick it apart piece by piece, this doesn't make any sense, you know? Yeah. And it really just gets rid of a lot of that fear. And that, that's, I'm glad that I, it came to that because I really feel the two things that will keep us safe, no matter what happens, don't have any fear and just don't judge and when we say don't judge, we don't mean don't discern and don't make decisions mm -hmm. based on it. We just say, don't sit there and judge and point your finger at that and say, yeah. it's their problem. You know, no, no, no. Everything that happens to you at some level, it's you because of what you did and yep. just don't have fear about it. Like you were saying, you know, you just yeah. approach every moment like, oh, this is going to suck and then it's going to get good, but I'm going to be fine as long as I keep making the right decisions. Yep. And you look at these old biblical stories like Noah's Ark and like Sodom and Gomorrah, like Lot. God, whoever, like you were saying earlier, whatever your concept of that is, went and saved that one righteous person because they were living in accordance uh, mm -hmm. with the golden rule or the way that they should, they'll be fine. And then again, if you do, what's the worst is going to happen? You're going to die, which we're yeah. all going to die anyway. Yeah. 
you yeah. know, and True. I, it seems to me that we're some kind of eternal being. So there's really nothing to be scared of there either. Oh. So as long as you could not have that fear, it really is key. And it, I mean, Owen Benjamin showcased that perfectly with his life because yeah. he went from this and most people know the story, but if you're not familiar, you know, this Hollywood giant star making millions of dollars to now he lives on a farm and he's never been happier. So, yeah. I mean, and he's still making people laugh on a daily basis, mm -hmm. better and more comfortable. He does it right from his own house. Yeah. He doesn't have to fly anywhere, you know, and yep. all this stuff came around him because he didn't have fear. Yep. And standing in your principles too. That's another big, big takeaway too. And you know, something that I've been rewarded for you know i stood firmly against you know getting a shot like i, I stood stood firmly with against the mask you know there were times where i had to wear i had this little like plastic food service mask like the cup that goes out like that you know what i mean the clear plastic ones so there are instances where that was unavoidable but out in oregon <clears throat> but for the most part like uh yeah no mask no vet like standing in your principles is so invigorating and i feel really almost like sad for people who whether it's for a job or whatever you know like compromising i know i have friends like who who did who worked at that same agency who were very much against it but ended up doing it because oh it's my career you know and it's like i wouldn't want to be that person like you know down the road like having known that i compromised my values and my integrity really you know like i just no no so i've whether it's, it's just strictly on the inside you know i feel like i've been rewarded for standing for my principles which makes me want to do it more like i'm just like yeah no i have these principles these are lines that i'm not willing to have crossed and uh that's, that is what it is. And like, if you want to, you, how far we take it is up to you at this point. You know? so, yeah. yeah. That reminds me of friends of mine that got excited once they started repealing the mask mandates yeah. in the stores because they're like, now I don't have to wear a mask. I'm like, I ha I've yeah, never worn one. I'm like, I yeah. go to those stores too, dude. Like yeah. you could do it too. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Like, yep. But yeah. I, I totally get it. I don't judge anybody for that. It's, it's yeah. a case by case situation. I mean, you yeah, could totally, there was, I could see somebody literally getting crucified if they went somewhere without a mask i'm just lucky that i'm a giant uh man at six five now because <laughs> nice. I, I was six four but now i'm six five we'll talk that. about that i guess uh, another episode. but uh you know and i have this booming voice and but i'm also very silly so i get away with a lot i've done comedy i'm used to standing in front of a bunch of people i don't get embarrassed you know what i mean so for me it was but it was still weird because i'm really more of an introvert at the end of the day so it, it was just weird having all these interactions with people at stores all the time like you guys yeah. ever talked to me before like now you want to yeah. talk to me about my medical uh and like <laughs> guys you'll be fine don't worry like, yep, yep. Yeah. and what you stuff. said about standing in your own principles and being rewarded for it i feel the same way because Good. i feel like every time i have stood up for and done something like true and honest, like done, done it honestly and stuff. Um, it's only been for like, only been good. The end outcome has only been good. Like I told Brandon, I think I spoke about it on the oversharing show one time where I, like I was in college, I fell asleep driving. Cause I'd done an over, like I'd done an all nighter. And like, I was behind this car and we were, we weren't going that fast. We, I probably, I don't know, maybe hit him at 15 or 20 miles an hour. It probably wasn't going that fast and nothing really, it wasn't like major damage or anything like that. But when the cop came over, cause it was funny cause he was right. Like there was a, there was some traffic as we were getting into the campus and he was right there. So he just walked over to me and he's like, he's like, um, ma'am, what happened or whatever, you know, he's asking me stuff. And I'm like, I fell asleep. 
like at the, you know, like I, I, I couldn't lie. I was not yeah. a liar, you know? And so in, in the end, I, w- I was able to go to the, um, to dispute it. I was able to go to the little court thing and the other people and the other officer didn't show like the officer didn't mm. show up. The other people didn't show up and he, the judge just dismissed it. Like it yeah. never went on my record. And it's like, I was being honest yeah. and wasn't trying to hurt anybody. And like those people could have showed up and could have been like, I demand you to pay for the, you know, my bumper, you, you know, you made my bumper fall off or whatever, but like they never came Hmm. and yeah, it was just very interesting, but yeah. yeah. I mean, I think just being honest and sometimes honesty comes back to bite you, but it's like, you have to do it. We just have to do it. You know, like it's just, uh, yeah, Yeah. hundred percent. I've had that experience like, oh, wow, I could have like easily lied and got myself out of that situation. But no, I have to deal with all this. But that's OK. That's OK. This is the the honesty is the big that, that's the big spiritual principle that we talk about in recovery is honesty. Without that, without that, I'm 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 screwed. <laughs> so, yeah, because you have yeah. to be honest as well with yourself. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah totally. I used to lie more and. uh there came a point in my life and I even said this to a friend of mine. I'm like, I just, I'm done lying. Like, I'm not going to lie. I might not always tell the truth or tell you how I feel, but I just don't want to lie anymore because it's really ridiculous. And I feel like, just like Sharon said, everything worked out when you just tell the truth and you're just, you just stick by it for some reason. I think people respect you even in like the court or a cop. They're just like, wait, this guy's not trying to blame everybody else. Like I got into an accident in, 2021 and I had my truck and it wasn't registered or insured and I was just taking it down the street like I hadn't driven it because I had other means and I was waiting to save money to fix it and all this stuff but I just took it a couple exits to go get DJ equipment to bring it to my house um, and I ended up some kid ended up hitting me and since I didn't have any insurance or whatever but when the state police came I was just like totally honest about him uh, about it with him I told him what happened all this stuff and it ended up working out like I didn't have to go to court. I ended up was able to do Zoom court and they just gave me this really cool deal. And there was like, basically, I just paid half the guy's uh, deductible or no, he only had a $250 deductible. So I pay that and then they took away the insurance and all that stuff. Nothing went on my record wow. and, you know, nothing. But it was just because that was cool. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's crazy too. another thing that happened. I called the court because I'm like, listen, I don't know about coming to court because I'm not really keen on wearing a mask, you know? And the guy that I talked to, like, Oh, you got to talk to the marshal. He calls me and he ends up being the head bouncer at this bar that I DJed at. And I knew him and he's like, Oh, this COVID shit's all bullshit. Don't worry. I'll take care of it. So he had it. He got me a zoom thing set up and all this stuff. So I I think it's just because of really my vibration and I wasn't worried about it. I'm like, you know what? This is going to work out. At first I was really worried, but then I said to myself, I'm like, well, I came this far and then I'm going to get tripped up and like thrown in, well, not thrown in jail or have all the shit on my record just because of one little mistake. What am I going to do? You know, it's just, I got to deal with it. And I just took it like a man and it worked out better than I thought it would, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. It reminds me of a quote. It's uh, worrying is a horrible use of your imagination. Worst way to use your imagination. Don't oh, even worry. Yes. Don't trip. Don't stress. Absolutely. I know it's so hard. It's very it's hard. It's like praying for bad things to happen. I think yeah. something like it that. Is. It really is. Yeah. Really. Imagining the worst. It's like people who imagine the worst case scenario. It's like, why put that in your why put that in your view? Like, yeah. why even go there? And how often does it actually happen? I mean, come on. Yeah, folks. exactly. Yeah. Never. Yeah. <laughs> Never. 
Yeah. But I liked what Brandon said about it being a vibration because truth does have a vibration. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why a lot of us, when we can say we resonate, we, you know, when someone's speaking truth and our friend, Joe, I think Joe P did a, 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 his podcast about and saying something about that, but um, yeah, truth has a, has a a vibration. And so Mm -hmm. it's like, it's like, they can't really harm you. They can't bring any harm upon you if if you're in truth. Absolutely. It feels that way. In court and stuff, and even with dealing with cops, like I said, they're just not used to that at all. And they're just like, wow, this guy gets it. And I was even talking to the cop. I was like, man, it must suck to be a cop now. This is crazy. And I was telling him I was in the Marines and all this stuff. And he's like, yeah, this is nothing like I've ever seen. You know, we're just, I'm connecting with him on this level and I'm being honest and I'm treating him like he's a real person yeah. instead of like he's a badge and a bad guy and all this stuff. And that really does go a long way. I mean, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. Totally. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think we've gotten close to the two hour mark. Not sure yet. Oh, were we going for two hours? No, I said, we're, I, I don't know that we were, but oh, okay. <laughs> but we're okay. close. I think we're getting close. You know, it's funny not. out here is like one of the things that I don't like is that like all the grocery stores close at 10 o'clock, like out in Oregon, they have like these big box, like it's called Winco. I don't know if you have Winco's out yeah, there. Yeah, Ar- like one or two of them. Yeah, like Winco, like that was my jam, dude. It's like 24 hours. You can get like a big warehouse full of food, cheap, you know, even some organic stuff if you want out here. No, the cheapest thing we have is like a, like a, what would be the equivalent of like a Fred Myers or something like, or like, like just like, it's like, exp- like the cheapest grocery store is really expensive and it's like, they close at 10. So I have to like deliberately plan. Like I'm used to like going to the gym, getting out at like midnight, going grabbing like a snack. And no, you gotta like really plan your stuff now, and it sucks. So I gotta go to the grocery store here in a minute, and they close in about 45 minutes or 50 minutes. So oh, yeah. okay, yeah, we won't keep you. We won't. It's all keep good. You. But yeah, man, I think we've been going for about an hour and 40, almost 50. So yeah, yeah. we could wrap cool. it up. We'll be good. Yeah. That was Dude. definitely a good up. So usually we are around an hour and a half to two hours somewhere in that okay, window. Cool. So yeah, perfect. We're, we're good. We're good. Awesome. Yeah. But wow. I was going to say one more thing that yeah. um, along the open-mindedness topic, because I had, I was talking to Brandon uh, the other day and I, and I, in so many words told him that, you know, could it, could it be, or like, could you be so open-minded that other people's opinions and ideas are merely interesting and not offensive. You know, could it be that if you had no sacred cows, none would have to be slaughtered? I think, I think there's some validity to that. You know, um, that's like definitely an ideal state, not getting worked up about other people's opinions. For me, it's like usually like the attacks, like once it becomes like directed towards me, then automatically my defenses go up and I'm automatically like, oh, well, now I got to like react. You know what I mean? And so that's like mitigating that initial reaction, you know, to to take a pause. Like in recovery, I talk about like a pause, like taking like a pause, think, and then act. Like it's just that pause, even if it's just like a second. Like a lot of times that pause is the most valuable piece because instead it's of huge. just like a, just a boom, an immediate reaction, like literally just taking like a pause can be all the difference in how that situation ends up playing out, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> so, Especially yeah. if you're on like text and you're like, Oh yeah. Just trying to reply. You're like, yeah. no. Yeah. Just put the phone down, walk away, revisit it. <laughs> yeah. Just like yeah. take a breather, yeah. reassess. Yeah. 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 Totally. Totally. So yeah, I feel you. Um, yeah. And, and other people's, and then, so it's almost like, like what Brandon, you were talking about, like almost just like laughing at it, like finding the hilarity of, 
Like if someone's spouting off some ridiculous shit that's like it's touching on some of your like things, it's like, oh wow, I feel like I'm why am I feeling this way over that person's opinion? Yeah. Like it's just like you can just flip it around and be like, just laugh at it. Just like, dude, let's just they have to live with that. They have to live with that. And that's that's hilarious to me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Good luck with all that. <laughs> very, very valid points. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, shoot, guys. Oh. I don't know, man. This has been fantastic. You guys yes. are you guys are amazing. Thank I'm so you. grateful that we finally got to connect. This yeah. is just, uh, it's been a long time in the making. We'll have to do it again. We'll have to do it again as these things progress and like the, 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 the psyops get even crazier. Like we gotta, we gotta rally the troops every now and then and kind of just check in and make sure everyone's surviving yeah, and thriving. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's too bad. I, I, I feel like if the time would have been like, I've had more time to plan, I might've uh, been able to go out to Tennessee for that meetup. Oh but yeah. 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 The Missouri one is also going to be. Yes. Are Labor you guys going Day, to the so Missouri one? I am. I think I'm going to plan on going, but I think yeah. Brandon has to work. Yeah. Oh. I, I DJ wedding. So every okay. weekend till like November is pretty much stabbed. I mean, I have a weekend in July off, so I'm thinking about doing something, but um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely going. I'm, I don't care what it is. That's takes. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We're going, we're going folks. We'll see all of you out there, Missouri bear fest or whatever. I don't even know what it's called, but I think it's called festival Bertaria festival, the Bertaria festival, everybody. So I... get on the Bertaria times app and learn all about it. There you go. Yeah. yeah get on cool. that app for sure. Well, uh, so for my listeners, like how do they find your guys' show? Like you guys, uh, yeah. Tell them, tell them where you, they can find you and follow up. All right. If uh, well, I have a website I've had since about 2013. It's called morelawsmoreproblems.com. Nice. And all the work I've ever done is there. I wrote a book. You can link to nice. it to their um, memes, blogs, shows that I've done. It's all there. And you can get the oversharing there also. It's right in the menu. Just click on oversharing. If you're on YouTube, our channel or my channel is Brandon Bonanza. And that's where we list this. And we also list it on Telegram. So if you're somebody who likes to listen to just audio or you like Telegram, hit us up and we'll put you in there. We always put links under ours. So sure. if you're um, watching it on Scotch, just come to ours and you'll see all the links or I'm sure. Uh, I'll, I'll put them in there. I'll put them in there on my end too. So. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. So just yeah. Uh, hit us up. And we we also have a private group on Telegram. It's a chat group where we talk about all the different you know stuff we talk about in the show. And then we just share memes and videos and all this stuff. So if you're interested in that, hit us up and we could uh, get you in there. But that we don't usually put Perfect. a link to because it's not just, gotcha. we, we don't just put anyone, you know, we don't want feds in there. No, no we do. We want feds in there. If you're a fed, yeah. come on. Yeah, they might learn something. <laughs> They'll definitely laugh because, you yeah. know, I put all kinds of crazy stuff in there. So that's fantastic. Yeah. Heck yeah, guys. Awesome. Well, if any of your folks want to find me, the website's rebunk.news. Got all the links there. I'm on uh, all the audio podcast players. If you just want to listen on the go, like Spotify, iTunes, and then, um, yeah. Uh, I, I, it's funny because like the home that I've kind of planted my flag on is Rockfin. <laughs> I don't even bother with YouTube. And so Rockfin's been my home. And so when Owen was going through that beef with Rockfin, I'm like, oh no, am I going to have to like switch platforms like in protest? And I'm like, no, it's fine. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to just stick it out with Rockfin for the time being. So anyway, yeah, Rockfin's awesome. the main channel. That's where I do all my like, uh, like bonus live streams and stuff in addition to the main interview episodes. So it is what it is. So re- rebunk.news. All right. Awesome. awesome. Heck yeah, guys. Well, well, thank you so much for having me. It was a real honor and uh, we'll do it again soon. Yeah. Thanks for coming great on the to show. Have you too. Thank yeah. you so much for the suggestion. Yeah, Ooh. it was great. And yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. So what do we say to the good people, Sharon? That if you're not over Sharon, then you're totally not caring. That's oh. right.
All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. Oh, and by the way, uh, every Thursday night we premiere our shows. So if you want to come check us out in the chat, big shout out to the live chat. What's going on, everybody? Come. It's a lot of fun. We always make fun of each other and uh, we have a really good time. All right, guys. Talk to you soon.